0: This episode of the Rolling Thunder podcast is presented by Mossy Oak Camouflage because everything is better in Bottomland and Lucky Duck Premium Decoys, Masters of Deception.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Rolling Thunder podcast. Hey Rob, how you doing? Man,
0: doing great. All right. I did another week. Yep.
1: Yeah, we got the intro down
0: this time. We did. Like, we people don't that. realize behind the scenes that, like, the last three podcasts we've done, we've... Two. I say we, mostly you, but we just totally botched the opening. I had to go,
1: let's yeah, start that over. pretty much. I, I kind of came in and was like, all right, Spence, we're going to do it this way, right? He's like, yeah. And then I just completely was like, and hey, we're back. <laughs> it's like, who is that guy? It's like, I'm sorry. I don't know where uh, that came from. No, it's all good. But... um what we, do we got for today? Man, we got a friend of ours on the line, I think if we still have him, Mr. John Garrett Strange. How you doing, buddy?
2: Oh, guys, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How about y'all?
1: We're good. We're doing well. Waiting on the weekend. That's right. We're we're drinking coffee
0: and trying to just get through another day. So what are you up to today?
2: Uh, wishing I was in a deer stand right now is, is our rut. I love the split. It times, perfectly for what I like to do. I like to shoot ducks. With the leaves on the trees, but I also love to deer hunt. And today I'm working, so I'm I'm not a happy camper, but it's okay. I wish I was in the woods. They're running.
0: Are they? I, I They are. I hunted yesterday afternoon, and I saw six or seven. I didn't. Uh, I saw two little bucks and a couple does, but five does, I guess. Uh, none of them acted like they cared anything about uh, having boyfriends or girlfriends. <laughs> Or the birds and the bees, but I don't know what yeah. I'm looking for. So maybe the maybe the big boys just had the had the hot ones locked down, and I just wasn't in the right spot. I
2: don't know. I got lucky yesterday and found a big boy with two does. Did you kill him? I had, yeah. I had to let her eat. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Great deer, very good deer. We we had a lot of fun. It was a good hunt. I mean, bunch of bucks running does.
0: Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, you just like blew right past one, killed a, right. killed a nice one like all right give us the give us the full rundown and uh are there pictures of this on instagram yet i mean not yet no i don't i don't know how long you want this to last but this story is is
2: is worth uh about six hours if you got six hours no i'm kidding i can make it quick uh my brother actually shot this deer with his bow two weeks ago last saturday so just two and a half weeks ago and wow. uh is this the one that somehow
0: that y'all looked for for a while yeah, we looked for it for a for a while. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll stop interrupting. Realized just, I don't know. <laughs> no, you're fine.
2: I speak too much anyway. Um, realized this year wasn't going to die, so uh, we, you know, backed out. See if we could find him again, and we found him. And I was able to. Uh, long story short, I don't know how he was chasing does because he wouldn't have been able to breed. I'm not going to get too much into the gory detail. Um, but he was not in great shape, so very happy to put him on on my wall, and I like to uh, stick it to the man and tell my brother how it's supposed to be done.
0: Heard that. <laughs> so <laughs> you say you found it again. Like, what would you go in and put out a whole bunch of trail cameras? I mean, what's that mean? Get, get us in the mind of John Garrett Strange. Oh, gosh.
2: This time of year, you're either feast or famine, and if you find a bunch of hot does or one hot doe in an area, you're going to find a whole bunch of bucks, and that's what I did. This deer actually moved about 1,000 yards from where he shot at. And uh, I just got lucky. I found – I knew what he looked like. Um, I knew what deer it was, but uh, I found a hot doe and just hung out in one area and saw – I've seen a whole bunch of different bucks. And when he came through, I said,
0: I think that's him. And sure enough, it was. So Just got lucky. uh, So, do you – are you trying to cover a lot of ground looking for a hot doe? I mean, how do you – how do you get – help me get lucky? Oh, that's (laughs) exactly how – No no pun intended during the rut, but (laughs) –
1: no,
2: you just get lucky. You go to your old normal spot. You typically know, have a bunch of does in the area from hunting all season long. And just, man, literally just that. You have to get lucky. It's really hard to pattern a deer right now because they're just, they're with their doe. They could be in the middle of a bean field in a in a SMZ zone or something, you know, just out in the middle of nowhere, but you gotta, a you just gotta zone? get lucky right now, but it's fun. A what zone? Storm, what do they call them? Storm management, water management zones in the middle mm. of the field you know you have a grass ditch SMZs. what do they say what does that stand for storm
1: i've not heard Management got management Seems like a deer thing
0: Storm water you're 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 a deer hunter and a developer and those are two things that rob and i don't either don't know anything about not a clue
1: so, <laughs> not a clue big <laughs> deer guy over here no idea what you're talking about so um <clears throat> john garrett how does how does one find a hot doe
2: <laughs> well, uh, you go to Ole Miss first. <laughs> My wife now was a hot doe at Ole Miss, uh, <laughs> and I found her. I, you just got to get lucky. I, there's really no good way to say it. You, you know, you'll you'll be sitting in the woods for hours, and all of a sudden the doe will come through, and there'll be 10 bucks behind her.
1: Well, that, and, I think even I could pick up on that. I think, yeah, if there's yeah. 10 bucks behind her. You go, oh, yep, she's hot. And I got gotcha. so you.
2: just Kind of try to stick around there. Maybe she'll run them back through or okay. pick up some more bucks or somebody, another buck will smell, smell where she's ran and follow that same trail. That's just, mm-hmm. that Man. they're just running in circles, looking like idiots out there. They really are.
0: Do you, do you try to, do you try to hunt wind with, you know, with relation to food plots or blocks of woods? Like, or, or do you really just trying to hunt does right now?
2: Oh no, absolutely. Hunt the wind. Um, it's still it's still deer hunting. You don't want anything to come downwind of you and blow blow the whole situation up because she could have a buck behind her. She still smells. He doesn't he doesn't really care that much. Um, but oh yeah, entrance and exits are just as crucial as ever, and you don't want to spook them before you get there. So yeah, most definitely hunting the wind. Uh, the biggest thing that's helped us is finding bedding areas and knowing where these deer live during mm-hmm. the day, mm-hmm. and trying to find another one close, and then figuring out how to get from one point to another because that's what a buck's gonna do he's gonna check one bedding area see if a doe's hot in there if not he's gonna go to the next one so I wanna be in that line that goes from one to another and mm-hmm. hopes that he comes in between huh. it only just takes you know forever to not even know what they're thinking and trying to figure them out and can never do it
1: mm-hmm.
2: like call yeah. shy mallards they
0: just don't work good <laughs> so shoot, the shoot them in the belly as they fly over is that kind of what you're talking about <laughs> I'm just playing.
2: I've done it before. <laughs> <laughs> traffic ducks are some of my favorites. I think yours
0: too. Yeah, for sure. That's, you're running traffic on a deer. Absolutely. Is is are, Do you plant food plots? Like are you, you know, are you hunting food plots right now or are you literally trying to just hunt in between bedding areas?
2: I like to hunt in between bedding areas. Some of the better hunts you'll have is going to be on a food plot. You'll see way more deer all that kind of fun stuff. And I really enjoy hunting food plots all the time. Um, but I tend to have the best luck in the woods, in the thickest part, because these deer are getting hunted, and they know not to leave until dark. Yeah. But if the weather's right and you can get them on their feet an extra 30 minutes before they're supposed to, you got to be really close to where they stood up from in order to be able to see them in daylight. Or get lucky and have a hot dog come by you with 10 bucks behind her.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Hm. yeah. But my favorite time of year. These three weeks are hectic. First split, then the rut, and then the second split. I'm running on fumes already. I don't know how we're going to make it to next week.
0: So, is the rut <laughs> in our part of the world always kind of the first ten days of December?
2: Yes and no. That's another. That's another long answer. Um, northeast Arkansas is the middle of November. Um, that's closer. They're closer to being finished by Thanksgiving week when you start shooting ducks. Um, down here, south of Memphis, a little bit, they're right now. Um, North Mississippi's right now. Um, and then the further south you go, you know, it goes all the way to February in south Alabama. So Whoa. it's just kind of stair steps all the way down.
0: How long do you think it lasts? Uh,
2: man, I think the rut, when you say the rut, I'm going to say pre pre-rut, pre-rut, rut, and post-rut. I think deer are really moving trying to find the first receptive dough for a week, ten days maybe. And then once it really kicks off and every they all kinda of come into heat at the same time, that's your rut. And they're when the deer are running crazy. And that'll last anywhere from two days to ten days and sometimes you never see a deer chase not one time. And that just has to do with weather and all the different variables. Um, man, it's it's difficult, but sometimes you get lucky.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. When they get rut, they get weird. We were uh, at the house at, during Thanksgiving, and Dad was out bush hogging a field. It was a small field, and there were there was a buck chase, a little buck. He couldn't have been more than like a four point chasing a doe, and they were like running around Dad on the bush hog. They were like a circle. <laughs> And they didn't just do one pass; they were like doing laps. Like she was trying to use the bush hog as like yeah. a buffer. Yeah, get away <laughs> it's from! Like, I gotta get. They get weird, man. This, that's that's how, a, how I have
2: to kill them when they get stupid.
1: This is a good time of year to put one on the hood, too. You see a doe run across the street, and you're just like, "Oh god! How do you how do you kill it? I,
0: I, I don't know how we turned in, this into a a deer hunting, a duck hunting conversation, podcast, but. Well, no, is- <laughs> except that my mind has been on deer for a few years, and I, I don't like to admit it to people, but I really have this uh, budding obsession with horned animals, and uh, but I but I've kind of have a public image of, of being a feather killer, and I need to kind of <laughs> keep the horn obsession, uh, you know, under wraps, but at the same time, I'm not very good at it, and so I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, what about guys that are killing great big old bucks with a bow in – September and early October, because I have zero luck with that.
2: Besides, right now that's my favorite time to hunt. That's when they're the most patternable. Um, they live close to their food. They don't want to walk a long ways. They've had no human pressure for all summer. Typically, you're going to find that around soybean fields and that kind of stuff, ag fields. Um, but those are those are the. I'd say that's the easiest time to find one. To know where he lives, where he's feeding, and get in the middle of it and have a good chance of shooting him.
0: And they're usually uh, when you say bean fields, like they're eating the green stuff off the, the off off soybeans.
2: For sure, for sure. When it turns real yellow and starts to fall off, they don't they don't like that green
0: anymore. Okay.
2: Um, it's all the nutrients in the leaf cut back into that bean to put in that pod, and they
0: they don't get anything out
2: of it. So. They go find another food source. So, you're so hunting, yeah,
0: you're hunting a trail between their bed and the and the food source? Yep,
2: that's it. And then that's when it. the big Go ahead.
0: Well,
2: I was
0: saying it's been the hardest summer
2: for me to find an old deer. It's been almost impossible for me. I've had the worst year that I've had in a long time. So I started randomly putting cameras out in the September. Our season opened September 25th this year. And one random camera had one big batch for a group of bucks. And I ended up missing on opening day the biggest buck I've ever shot at in my life, um, and that's devastating. But it can turn around so quick, and you can never see them. But they're in one little draw, and yeah, they they love the bean fields when they're still big and green. That's well, that's when, where I like to focus.
0: All right, when they when they start to turn yellow, what do they transition to feeding on? Depends
2: on your location. Where we are, uh, Anderson Tolley, used to own the timber rights on a whole bunch of land in between the Mississippi River levees.
1: Mm-hmm. And they
2: cut every hardwood tree they could find. But right. for whatever reason where we're hunting, they have we have a ton of pecans. That's our mass crop. Okay, And sometimes they drop as early as middle of October, but typically it's, you know, the end of October into November is when they're really good to eat, um, and even into December. So we don't have any oak trees. If you've got a ton of oak trees, they're going to transition on to acorns. Okay. White oaks that drop early, sawtooth things like that um we plant for that i plant a bunch of radishes and they still like the big leafy green things if they don't have a mass crop and that really really works good for us
0: i thought you were about to tell me that they eat the pecans and i was gonna be like i've got the world's greatest pecan crop on yes my you farm. do <laughs> I've never they seen do eat pecans do they really
2: oh huh. my gosh yeah they eat pecans one of my favorite spots is in a pecan flat that I like to hunt in the middle of November, and you hear the deer before you see them crunching on pecans.
0: Gosh, <laughs> I did not know that.
2: Oh, they crush them.
0: How do you determine which one they're eating? <laughs> I mean, I've got like 10 million pecan trees and you know, across a couple, couple big blocks of woods. A <laughs> hundred cameras. <laughs> there you go. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. There you go. <laughs> I keep no, expecting I somebody to give me this magic answer of like, oh, you just need to, you just need to hunt on the northwest corner of a little block, and, and then he's going to walk right out from under, you know. It's like, oh, there see. is a magic answer.
1: We just don't know what it is. It's just not
2: legal in some parts of the world. Oh, <laughs> hunt at night corn over, and sweet potatoes. over a,
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> corn and sweet potatoes. Yeah, well, I hear you. Mm. We don't get to use all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, no, that's fun. That's
0: fun. so are you gun hunting right now, or are you bow hunting?
2: I like to bow hunt. Um this is the only time I will take a gun and yeah I shot that
0: deer yesterday with a
2: gun. But uh but I really like to bow hunt.
0: Do you carry and both into the
2: tree? Absolutely do. Cuz really? I have a problem if a if a 170 comes running by me at 50 yards, I'm not going to say, "Oh, I saw a 170." I'm still shooting at
0: Yeah, at a boy. <laughs> at a boy. I love it. Yeah. But if he's walking I'm hardcore, right in Yeah, I get it. That That's awesome. Boy. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I love it's, it. It's a pain to carry a camera, a bow, a stand, a gun, all that kind of stuff, but uh, how, it can be worth it.
0: How have cell cameras changed the game for you? <sighs> uh
2: it's kept my marriage alive. Mm. Okay. <laughs> not Good. not really. I have a I have a great marriage, but my wife is very much more happy that I'm not checking Trail cameras every every weekend at different spots, yeah. And it's it's really changed my life. I can hunt four food plots every afternoon and be sitting on my couch watching TV. Yeah, I yeah. love it. Hmm.
0: Have you had Absolutely any Have you it. had any luck figuring out any of your river bottoms have no signal?
2: <clears throat> yeah, I can't. I don't have a single cell camera over on the Mississippi River. Dang. Not one.
0: Yeah, that's. I was hoping you had a magic answer for that too, because. Cell cameras have killed a lot of turkeys for me the last couple of years. You know, uh, yeah. like a lot. <laughs> uh, they, it is it is you pair you pair a visual location with a audible gobble and he's dead. <laughs> like, Just triangulate them right there, right? But uh, the places that I get to deer hunt, I don't have any cell phone signal, and so mm. it's hard to access, and it's hard to, you know. I don't know. It's hard. It's been hard for me to put the put the pieces together into a pattern, um, but I'm, I'm sure have, like everything else, it just needs more of my time.
2: <laughs> have y'all looked at the calendar recently? You know how close we are to turkey season.
0: Yes, we're very close. Uh, actually, yes. I I
2: didn't realize it until this morning, and I said, "Oh gosh, we're less than a quarter away." Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: I'm excited about that. For sure, <laughs> yep.
2: You have any big trips planned? Is it, is it too early to start talking turkey?
0: Never too. It's, early to it's never too early turkey. to start talking turkey. We're currently uh, staring at about four pallets of turkey calls that are going out to our friends all across the United States that own brick and mortar retail stores. So we we don't stop talking about and thinking about turkey around here. Um, uh, so I'm going to Mexico in May for a Goulds. Oh. Um, Wow. We, we were supposed to go last spring. Um well, spring this past spring of 21 and and the the COVID overhang was still just kind of uh worse than a hangover and um we were they told us that we couldn't get back into the United States without a negative COVID test and we were like, "Man, if we get down there and one of us tests positive, it's not going to be like a 14-day quarantine. It's going to be We're gonna be transporting cocaine across the border for the cartel. You know they're they're gonna turn (laughs) us into a mule, (laughs) and uh, so we kind of we chickened out on twenty one and rolled everything to spring of twenty two. So
1: that'll Uh, be probably smart. Uh, Yeah, Uh,
0: you know we have one guy in our group going that's eighty, and uh, he's he's a wild man. His name is Woody, and and Woody was like shit, I'm not going to live long enough to roll this to another year. So he went by himself, which we thought was even crazier. And he was like, he said, man, if the cartel wanted somebody to cart drugs, it ain't going to be an 80-year-old man. <laughs> so he went down and had a big time and by himself. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. What about you? You got any big trips? I had a big trip. Um, oh, I like yeah. to go
2: shoot in Osceola every year.
1: Oh, good. Um, And I had
2: that. I had that booked for the first through the fourth of April, uh, and then I now have a baby due April fifth, and yep. so I will not be making that trip. My turkey season is going to get cut pretty short.
0: That's uh, poor timing, there, uh, Mister Rut Cation.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey,
0: I got I got duck season and deer season next year figured out though.
2: it'll go. be six months or something like that. I look to the future, but it's okay. I've just got to. Kill three in Mississippi real quick in March and then go. be
0: done. You're yeah. talking to a guy who's got a kid, two kids born in August and one in January. So it's, I mean, I understand the calculations go out the window. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it. So it's not our timing; it's God's timing anyway. That's always exactly, that's exactly that's right.
1: right. So John Garrett, when you say hauling out a stand, a gun, a bow, and a camera, are you filming these hunts just for yourself, or are you filming them for something else, or what are you what are you what are you talking about?
2: I would rather shoot a deer with a camera than with a gun, especially to prove to a lot of folks that this deer is three or two or four or needs Mm -hmm. another year and that kind of thing. So I always like to carry that. Um, Here recently I have been doing more filming for myself just to – pictures are great, but if you can show that deer walking, it does a lot more for everybody else. And I've been meaning to do more YouTube stuff just because I really enjoy it. I like filming. I like doing all that kind of stuff. But I. Just you know, life's hectic, and it takes a lot of time and effort to edit a ten-minute video. Mm-hmm.
0: What are you What are you carrying? Like a DSLR?
2: Yeah, I carry a DSLR with a. It's a Sony A Seven Three with mm-hmm. a seventy to two hundred. I really like
0: it. Yep, and uh, and, and then do you have an arm, like a camera arm.
2: Yeah, I have a camera arm for it. It stays on the camera arm, and then I've got a screw-in step, not a step, but essentially a step with the cell phone bracket on the top and these new iPhones have a 0.5. You can point of view camera mm-hmm. on your camera. And so I'll record it and stick it up on there. And so I've got a point of view behind me. That's actually my cell phone huh. and it works really well.
0: That's pretty sweet.
2: Cause I'm, I'm already going to have it in my hand anyways.
0: Yeah. And are you climbing?
2: Yeah. I use a lock on. I like to use a lock on. I hang and hunt 99% of the time.
0: When you say a lock-on, I guess what I'm talking about is, like, are you creating the set the day you're going to hunt it, or are you hunting permanent sets or both?
2: Uh, No, I'm creating the set every time I go in. I carry steps and a platform, and I hang the steps and climb up and then sit in the platform. I make a new setup every single time I go. Try to most of the time. Oh, my Lord. Unless I know I'm hunting there tomorrow and the next day, then I'll, you know, I'll leave it at so you're so
0: much work. Are you, do you have, or do you use the kind of steps that like you strap to the tree, like a, what they call it like a lone wolf mm-hmm. or, or are you screwing them in like the, like the ones you get for a dollar 97 that are green at Walmart that you're supposed to not take duck hunting, but that every duck hunter does.
2: <laughs> There's one in every oak tree in Biomeda. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, no, I use, I use the ones that strap around the tree. Uh, they're, you get more out of them, they're quieter, and they don't take near as much effort as to screw in steps.
0: And so, I really don't like to screw in the trees if I don't have to. So you can, you can put those steps up and hang your stand. How long does that take you?
2: Uh, I feel i timed it with a buddy of mine last week. We hung a double set. He was shooting, I was filming. It took us 20 minutes. Oh, but my that's, gosh. That's getting there, you got to unpack everything. And then you got to hang it and then you got to climb up and then you got to get reset up. So, you know, it doesn't take that long. Um, but trying to be really quiet adds time to it. So, so yeah.
0: that may be part of my problem because I'm hunting out of shooting houses. Yeah. No, no by, by no means. <laughs> by no
2: means is that, is that it. I just have to get them within 30 yards.
0: Well, I need them to be within 30 yards too. I'm just shooting a different caliber arrow than you're shooting. But I mean, I'm not like <laughs> taking. 700 yard shots or anything you know <laughs> i've got a task there's a, three, three by six by 20 you know
2: Oh, <laughs> for sure there's lots of places that i would hunt out of a box stand if i could and i'd bow hunt out of it too yeah. i love hunting out of box stand. Huh.
1: you know i've never got my biggest thing on, is go ahead
2: is we just get hunted by so many people there's so many people that hunt this property so you can't hunt the same stands over and over and over and over and over, and over again the deer know what that stand is so you got to get in between stands and on different spots.
0: It's interesting.
2: Yeah.
0: Hmm. Do you, are, When you're talking about this, are you mostly talking about the river bottom places that y'all hunt? Or are you talking about like in her, you know, in, in North Mississippi around, you know, Careful. yeah, I know. I uh, <laughs> heard <laughs> what you were thinking there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mostly
2: in the river bottoms, my little, you know, 60, 80, 100-acre pieces that I lease around my house, they're, uh no, I leave stands up there all year because I'll only hunt it one time or two times or three times, however long it takes, but I know where those spots are. Nobody else is hunting it, so I'm going to leave that stand up. I'll just go to M, uh, Academy and get the $50 Cheapo Depot lock on and hang it up and leave it.
0: So you're not against permanent sets, it's just that, in the river bottoms, there's a lot of traffic. And so you're trying to hunt between where the orange army is entering and exiting. And your belief is that the big deer figure out they pattern the humans as well as, you know, they pattern anything. Most definitely.
2: They pattern you quick, way quicker than you. It's pretty For
0: interesting. Sure. I hope my dad doesn't listen to this podcast because he's, he, he's the easiest thing I have on trail camera to pattern. He lives at the <laughs> farm where, where we hunt and like I will get pictures of him jogging, you know, through the food plots and stuff, or just driving his truck or his four wheeler, just like tooling around. I probably should think hard about where the places he doesn't go is, and just on the places he doesn't frequent, probably <laughs> yeah. would really. He just kind of drive him for you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: You were telling me you were yeah. checking cameras, and you look on there, and there's your dad, like, oh, just well, walking I don't ever by. See, I don't ever
0: see dad first. I see his two dogs first.
1: Yep. And then I see some
0: object, <laughs> something he's driving, either either my Can-Am or his four-wheeler or his tractor <laughs> or his truck. Or, and he never, he never enters oh and exits gosh. the same way. So he tries, he makes big loops, you know. <laughs> right.
1: John Garrett, I got a question for you. I've heard more than one opinion on this. Um, as far as traffic in the woods, is there a way where, like, if there's so much traffic where they actually stop, they they aren't afraid of it, like somebody who likes to drive their property boundaries and things like that. Do, are they always going to be spooked out by something like that, or should you cease the, uh, the 5 o'clock tour of the property, you know, until the season's over and then recommence later?
2: That's a tough question to answer because tractors don't bother them at all. There could be a tractor 100 yards away. They know that sound. For whatever reason, they don't care about combines and tractors. Mhm, uh, and at the same time, when you drive out of the woods, you see deer in the road. They bounce off and they stand fifteen yards away from your truck and let you pass they're not they're not scared of, scared of you, but at the same time, it's dark. they know they' not they're not getting shot at dark, mm-hmm. so yeah, I gotta believe that if you go in and out of the same- the same spot at the same time, somebody's going in and out of that same general area at that time of day, they're going to know that I probably don't need to be there. Cause I may see somebody, or have a truck come in front of me, or yeah. whatever. I, it just makes sense that it that it would bother them, but at mm-hmm. the same time, you, you see most of the deer on the way in and on the way out. So I, I heard man,
0: Lee, I, I heard Lee Likoski say that he always checks trail cameras at the same time, like between twelve and two or whatever his time is on a farm. He tries to be there. At make the it same the same time because he said they absolutely pattern you. And in fact, he he I heard it. It's just. I hope I'm not going to get in trouble for quoting him on this, but he, he made a hilarious joke. He was like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to let him live long enough that by the time my deer is seven years old and I'm ready to shoot it, he smelled me like 10,000 times. Like, he smelled mm-hmm. me coming in and out of the woods yeah. checking cameras, and he's also walked in the food plot and smelled me while he's eating, you know, sugar yeah, beets or whatever, guess, you know.
1: I, yeah, I guess kind of what I was getting at is if, if, if you were consistent enough I wouldn't know that they would associate the sound of a Can-Am or something and go, oh, okay, that's not bringing someone into the woods to try to try to hunt me.
2: I wish, when I get to heaven, that's one of the first questions I'm going to ask. <laughs> is I'm going can to, can I talk to a deer, please? i got to figure some stuff can out. Can I talk to,
1: because I'm just thinking you just get a tractor with the bucket on it, can put a little <laughs> stand on it, on the forks, you know, just drive that thing I, right up wherever you need to dude, shoot climb up. Yeah. (laughs) I know lots of folks that take tractors to their deer stand. Yeah. That's unbelievable. I'm just not worried about it. Yeah. Huh.
0: It's crazy, isn't it? Funny. They clearly do condition to things, though, because you can go to somewhere like Cades Cove where, -hmm. where, you know, I mean, that's not, those deer are not just conditioned to people because people are feeding them. Those deer are conditioned to people because they're around them all the time. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it's
1: just the deer, like at mom and dad's in LaGrange. I mean, they're there and. They're out in the yard and they don't care. Mom will talk to them and they'll they'll just sit there. They'll look at it and they'll put their head back down and start eating. They don't care. about up. Yeah. Yep. So
2: I don't. I think a lot of that has to do with their buddy Jim getting shot last week. I think I gotta think they know it. I know they don't, but I gotta think they do. Like yeah. mm-hmm. a lot of parks around where you guys live, you can go walk on a trail and deer don't care about humans, but mm-hmm. they've never been shot at right there either.
1: That's right. Mm-hmm. So what would you say about somebody wanting to get into bow hunting?
2: Absolutely do it. Pick it up and start shooting.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, That's fun enough in itself. If you're any type of competitive person, you can immediately see yourself start to get better. And that in itself is fun. And then to challenge yourself to to find a deer, to try to pattern a deer, to try to get within 30, 40 yards of a deer. I'll tell you, to be straight honest with you, I would just assume shoot a doe with my bow than a, Pope and Young with my rifle, I get the same kick out of it.
1: That's awesome. I love it. Because well, I, yeah, because that's what I was gonna ask. Because there seems to be a certain element. I mean, besides being able to get into the woods in September ahead of all the all the the gun hunters, it seems like there's a certain element of it that's just hard on purpose, and that that's the challenge. That's the. It's like giving yourself a handicap going in. Or are there other advantages to to bow hunting, or things that you enjoy about it that you want to tell us about?
2: Yeah, absolutely. My season's twice as long as everybody else. That's right. <laughs>
1: That's right.
2: Uh, we still, get to open a lot earlier and we end a yeah, lot later.
0: Yeah, I still contest the what it, what the bow hunters really like about it is just the fact that it's uh it's proximity to the animal. Mm-hmm. You know, don't you think? Isn't that what you absolutely. love about bow hunting?
2: I can. Yeah, you can hear them breathe. You know, when they sneeze and cough, you get to witness all that stuff and see, oh, my gosh, yes, yes. Now, don't get me wrong. Come next weekend, I'm going to be in the woods somewhere in shin deep water.
0: Well, that too. Yeah. Yeah, I hear
2: you. But there is something special about this time of year.
0: Hmm. Interesting. So tell us about your podcast, what goes on on your podcast, and why should somebody listen to Strange Strategies?
2: I started this podcast earlier this year as a way to nobody uses log books anymore for their duck hunts, for their deer hunts. It's all what you put on social media. Uh-huh. And we've actually stopped doing log books as well. I wanted a way to audio record for my kids and my grandkids, pretty much my dad's stories and my brother's stories. And then the crazy characters, you know, this crazy people that we get to hang out with this time of year that you wouldn't bring in front of, your mother in July, but yet you're spending all the time in the world with them right now. That's the most fun. I love those stories. Um, I love the people that are around that you only see this time of year and I want to ha- find a way to capture that. So that's, I started as, started it as a way to, to, to record stories, but it's turned into, uh, uh, I'm trying to do more and more each week and I want to have a, on-time report of you know what the deer are doing what the ducks are doing why isn't there any water around here that kind of thing so just yeah. keeping everybody in the loop
1: that's pretty cool it has
2: been a lot of fun I have more fun doing it than anything
1: yeah yeah they're fun
0: it is it's it's, it's it is more fun to do it when you don't have to do it but every time that we get together for a podcast like the lead up to it I'm like oh, I got a hundred things I need to do and then it's such an enjoyable process to just sit and kind of put your mind in or put your schedule in neutral, your mind's in Mm. gear, but you know, to just kind of think and chat about hunting and you're right, man, the stories are, the stories are one of the things that we love about it and we just don't really know how to verbalize that very well. You know, it's always the, it's always the, uh, the people and the color behind things that keep us hopping. And my phone is now ringing. Uh, God, I should answer this. This is Brooks Tinsley. Um, I'm going to hit the decline button and apologize to Brooks later. <laughs> uh, but you're right. I mean, that that's really slick um, because it is. It's the stories. It's the people. It's the – when you come home, like, did you kill any? Yes. And then you end up telling – instead of explaining exactly how you killed them and where, you end up telling something funny that happened. You yep. know, somebody that fell in or somebody that just whatever. There's always stories that stick out, you know.
2: For sure. Uh, I just – yeah, I'm with you. I enjoy doing it. I just enjoy the process of, of having that conversation and making somebody sit down and tell me your story. Yep. Tell me what um, happened.
1: Yeah. So, so
2: they get to read with it too.
1: Yeah. I guess while we're on the subject, do you have any of those stories kind of handy of from, from, uh, from your dad right now that you could share? Ooh. Uh, I know I'm my putting dad. You on the spot. The yeah.
2: No, I'm, I'm trying to think one of, one of my favorite stories of my dad was the first year the Motion Week decoys came out.
0: Oh, my gosh. It was it was like, I don't, crack to a crackhead is what it was. Let me just say before you tell much more of this story, your dad is a national treasure. Oh, I mean, yeah. For folks that don't know John Strange, I mean, he's he's in a league of his own. I, I, your dad's probably the my favorite person I've met in the last 24 months. Just want you to know.
2: Well, I appreciate that. He appreciates that, and I definitely agree. I, I was God gifted me with a fabulous mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Um, dad's a very, very, very special person, and he'll live on long after he's gone for sure. Um,
0: His Callaway golf clubs kill me,
1: though. <laughs> in the field up in Canada, he doesn't have golf clubs. No, 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 his gloves. He his wears gloves. Yeah, the boy wears Callaway I mean, golf gloves in the field. It's I awesome. Where, I,
0: I didn't know you could even buy a pair of matching, a matching
1: set, left and right. right. You had to go find <laughs> the left one or the right one. I asked
2: him the same thing. So, where did you get a right-handed golf glove? <laughs> <laughs> Amazon.
1: We, we yeah, Amazon. We were up in we were up in Canada. We were sitting in the in a white spread, and I see him he's kind of chilly and I see him pull on the, on the Callaway gloves I'm like this guy's serious. Cause this is really the first kind of long, long-term interaction I'd had with him. It's awesome. Yeah. He's a good one. What, what you were going to tell us about the, the spinning wings yeah. though, getting us back. Oh, uh,
2: we were able to, to afford two of them. And, uh, they cost an arm and a leg when they first came out and we named them Elvis and Priscilla. And <laughs> they, uh, they changed our life. I remember the first time I ever sat and used it. Dad sat me. We had too many people in the blind. He sat me on top of his big metal skid blind. We drug out into the middle of a bean field. And it didn't matter. You could have been wearing blaze orange. And as a matter of fact, I had a baby blue sweatshirt on. I was six or seven. And I remember this to this day. And I was sitting on top of the blind. And all you had to do was look up. And at any given time, there was, they, were, they were bombing. And I'll never forget that. That was the first time that Mojos came out, and I don't remember exactly when that was, but that was
0: that was a long 99. time ago. Yeah, then I was I was, was, I was seven, mm-hmm. seven or eight years old. Mm-hmm. God, yeah, it uh, was it was wild. <laughs> he is he's a very
2: special person, um, very good person, and will do anything for anybody until it comes to ducks. Then you better watch out. He's a madman.
0: <laughs> That's good.
2: That's he's a
1: cool. great person. Well, I had fun getting to hang out with him up north. It was, yeah, did it was a too. good time.
0: He's very, it, you know, it, you can say he's a good guy and all the, you know, kind of the normal pleasantries. But the thing I love about your dad the most is he's one of the happier humans I've ever been mm-hmm. around. Like he's he's been a million places. He's seen a million different things. He's killed a whole bunch of stuff of, across, you know, multiple states and flyways, and I mean, He's experienced it all. But it's like every day. I feel like he's a little bit like uh like a good golden retriever. Like he wakes up and sees the sunrise and it's just as exciting to him tomorrow as it was like it doesn't matter if you've seen ten thousand of them. It's like, golly, the sun came up today. It happened oh. again. <laughs>
2: You're not wrong. You're exactly right. I've I've questioned that uh many times.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I, I know what I was... the stock
2: market did today. You can't be happy. <laughs> so I'm fine, I'm good. Right,
0: right. right, God. right. Yep, I know. it. I, I need more of that in my life. It's been mm. a good encouragement to me. I, I tend to be quick to, too quick to complain, too quick to hang my head and pout, you know. And uh, anyways, I've I've, I've yep. thoroughly enjoyed getting to know your dad, and I feel like I'm a better human for being around him. For
2: right? sure. While we were building our house, I'll tell you this real quick. While Alex and I were building our house, we lived with my parents for a few months. And it was a breath of fresh air to see that positivity every day. And when you surround yourself with good people, good yep. stuff comes out.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're right about that.
2: Uh, he's a good person.
1: Well, good. And another person we need to have on the
0: yeah, we should have him. On I podcast. can't believe see we haven't yet for days. So why are you not in the woods right now? Uh, I my wife and I are opening a new store
2: in South Haven, and on Sunday my brick guys are coming to do some brick work, and I've got to prep their site for them, and. Today, I also have a big delivery on a semi-truck that's supposed to be here before 1, and it's now 12.50, so he may not show up before 1, uh, yeah, uh, but i got to wait around on up. him. So. He's,
1: He's got, got 10 minutes. It's 4.30. He's got 10 minutes. I still believe in him. <laughs>
2: I thought I was going to be able to sit in a deer stand this afternoon, but oh, I guess not.
1: Mm, dang. Mm. Well, I want to see it. I won't post it, but I, I, I'd sure like to see a picture of that deer.
2: Oh, I'll text it to you. I'd and like then, to see you gotta, then you got to call Reed and ask him for the story. I'd okay. like to
0: see a picture of the deer, but I'd like to get uh, sometime. I'd like to watch you hang those steps and and attack. I like to watch that process. Time lapse like, of that. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. uh,
2: it's it, it's definitely an art. I've got it to where I can. I'll take lead. Leave you with this. Uh, once my feet leave the ground, I never step foot back on the ground. And you've got three ropes. One's to a backpack with cameras and tree arms, and you got mm-hmm. a bow. Then you got a gun. I mean, it's it's a disaster, but it's an organized disaster.
0: Do you, does it hang it's on every step cool. on the way up? Because that's typically what happens to <laughs> me.
2: Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, see, sometimes. You're up there I looking try to like daisy a... chain them. So I've only got one to, to screw with.
0: Okay.
1: There you go. You're up there looking like a puppet master trying to get everything out of the branches, and you're up there. <laughs> that would be me.
2: <laughs> There's a bird in a tree somewhere laughing every time I do it, and I think yeah, about I that a lot.
1: <laughs> Have so you ever fallen?
2: Easy. No. No, I have not, and I am over precautious on my safety harness mm, and things good. like that.
0: I fell out. replace them before they need
2: to be, and everything.
0: I fell out uh, when I was a senior in high school from eighteen feet and mm. fell flat on my back, broke up, broken over and under. I mean, a a, a muzzle loader in half, right behind the bolt. And I've been scared every time I've climbed into your stance. Yeah, that'll do it. I mean.
2: Did you not break anything in your body?
0: Nope. But it, it knocked all the breath out of me, and I couldn't – I laid there for probably – it felt like an eternity. I'm sure it was just a few minutes, but I literally just laid there and couldn't even groan. And I finally, after a few minutes, I kind of crawled over to a tree and
1: – Leaned up.
0: Kind of. I just kind of just – I don't know why I went to it. I just kind of crawled, tried to have something to support myself. And, uh, I you know, it took about two hours to kind of get my body back underneath me. You know, like just – I was so – Ooh. Just knocked all the wind out of you, you know, and then it just hurt so bad, and uh, it was. I, I went home. I, I'm amazed I didn't you didn't hunt. break anything. I but... mean, it's you're lucky to be alive. Oh
1: know? yeah. Much less. Were you were you going up and it slid out from under you, or no, did the tree just fall out? Or? They did.
0: I didn't. I I didn't have those sticks like he's those climbing sticks that come in groups, and so we we had a. I mean, the way my dad did it was we took a a, a like a battery powered drill with a quarter or, you know, three-eighths inch bit and, like, drilled it in and then put a railroad spike in there, you know. Mm-hmm. Of course, my dad would hammer him in.
1: Dink, I, dink, I didn't dink, hammer dink. him in. Yeah.
0: And I got all the way to the top of the – this was a new set that I'd hung. Thought I'd, you know, found, you know, the great, you know, the biggest buck of all time. And I was going to you know slide in there and hunt him, you know. I was trying to be a, you know, great white hunter and set up. Put the whole set up myself that morning and went back that afternoon to hunt and I climbed up and I had at the top, like the steps, I had them kind of rotating around the tree so that you could step into the platform, you know? And the first step that was kind of, I was, if my hands were on the left and right sides of the tree, I had the the first step that kind of twisted around the tree was basically pointing straight at me. And I, I grabbed that step with my left hand and went to reach with my right hand and I pulled that step straight out of the tree and I will never forget when I pulled it out. I, I looked in that hole where <laughs> where that spike had been, and then just looked up at the air and fell all the way back.
1: That's not a good feeling. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Really I've, so I've, what were I've, you
0: like when you were eighteen? Were you a Were you a football player in the best shape of your life? Or uh, no, I, I played basketball. I was not a football player. We didn't have football at my school. Um, I would have loved to play football. I think I probably been terrible at it, but um, I. Was a hundred and sixty pounds, five foot ten, and just thought about killing stuff all the time. Really, <laughs> I don't know. So, God. Well, I'm glad you walked off of that one. Yeah, yeah
2: <laughs> you I shouldn't that. have.
0: But most I, people don't. Yeah, it, that's I, I. I didn't ask that question to tell that that story, but I, I've I've always wanted to hunt out of lock-ons more but I, I'm kind of gun-shy of them, you I know. I get it, and, yeah. Um, and I hadn't really, but I also don't really know enough about the the pulley systems and the, what do they call them, the lifelines and the mm-hmm. kind of the, they've got safety mechanisms for climbing up, right?
2: Yep. Yeah, they do. Yep. They um, do. I use a, uh, a lineman's belt that people, you know, climb a light pole.
0: Okay. The whole way
2: up. I have both hands are free.
0: So you can lean it, you can lean into it with your back and put your feet on the tree. When you get up, when you you get to the top, do you take the lineman's belt off? Like, do you have a safety harness underneath the lineman's belt?
2: The first time you hang a set and if you're not going to hunt it again, there is about a three second chance that you could fall out of a tree stand. Um, The lineman's belt will not go around this. There's a million ways to do this. And what I'm saying isn't the right way. It's just the way that I do it. And. The stand once it's hung, it blocks the lineman's belt is mine isn't long enough to go all the way around the stand. So I do I'll unclip it and then sh- immediately clip it right back on, but on top of the stand. On top of it, or I guess around the stand on top I of it. You. And yep. then I'm back in it. Then I'm able to finagle my way into it and yeah and get reset up.
0: But like do you wear a do you wear a harness that goes over your shoulders and and around underneath your legs?
2: Most definitely, yeah.
0: And, yep. and so you're What I'm getting at, though, is, like, your lineman belt, is it separate from that, or are you using the same harness for both purposes?
2: I use the same harness for both purposes. The one that I use has little loops on your waist that allow you to use a lineman's belt and clip them to your waist. So, you know, the ones you see are always coming out of the back. Right. of your in between your shoulder blades, right? Well, it has that rope too, but it also has clips on your waist okay. that I can use the same rope as a dual purpose.
0: So, you got one, you basically got one harness system, you put it on at the truck, walk in with it on, kind of thing.
2: Yeah, yep. Gotcha. And it's actually uh, underneath my clothes, I just pull up my jacket and at my belt loop is a is a loop. Huh. So, interesting. It very, is, it's only little. taken me 20 years to figure out how I like to do it. Holy smokes, here's my semi-truck, guy. And is it before one?
1: Yeah. I told you, I told you I believed in him. Well, we'll let you go at that point.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man. Good to talk to you. I hope you kill a giant this afternoon. And send us a picture of the giant that you killed yesterday. I'll do it.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. I'll talk (laughs) to you all soon. See you,
0: buddy. See you later. Bye. See ya. That's pretty interesting. That's a good dude there.
1: Man, he is. And every every time I see him, every time I see him, a read or John. It yep. is kind of that thing if you just your days a little bit better. Yeah. Good folks. And they also the more I'm getting a chance to the, their voice and their 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 intonation and how they say things is so similar. Uh-huh. It's like gosh, I'm talking to yeah. John right now. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I know. I know it. Well, cool. Well, anything else you want to I don't think so. Tell the they listening just, public. No, it's duck season back this weekend, so heck yeah. Get out there and get after them. Be safe Good and luck to everybody. That's right. Good deal. That was fun. All right. Well, thanks for Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Rolling Thunder Podcast. See you, buddy. See you on the next one.